Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Notre Dame football Saturday continues with WSBT game day. Here's your host, Evan Sharpley. Happy New Year. We're back. This is the game day show. Woo-hoo! We're up bright and early. Well, maybe not too bright, but indeed early for this morning after New Year's Eve. It is just after 9.05 right now, and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish kickoff today at 1 p.m. against the LSU Tigers. Uh, We'll get last-minute pregame reports on the Notre Dame-LSU Citrus Bowl game and look at what's in store for Notre Dame in 2018 with all the show's guests calling in from the site down there in Orlando, which is much warmer than here in our WSBT studios. You think? I'm Evan Sharpley, and for the next hour, I'm your host and tour guide as we prep for kickoff. And if this is your first time tuning in, this show is about setting the atmosphere, giving you a feel for the game day experience. We talk with former Irish players, and we'll discuss some X's and O's. Like I said, we're live from the WSBT studios in Mishawaka, Indiana, and riding shotgun with me for one more time here to close out the 2017 season, even though we're in 2018 now, is my producer, State Farm Agent Tim Growl. Tim. Good morning. I haven't seen you since last year. Man. Rocking and rolling. That's the dad line. You got to give out those things since last year. Yeah, a little, little frigid around here, but... A lot How are you feeling? There. I know you had a, a New Year's Eve party last yeah, night. Hey, I'm an old veteran, man. I got two and a half hours sleep. I'm ready to go. That I'm was plenty? That's all you needed? Yeah, that's all. Yep. Actually, I slept <laughs> in a half hour longer than I really wanted to. How about you? Quiet with the daughter and the wife? Daughter went to bed early. Yeah? Yeah, so it was not much going on at the you house. Know, you have a little, your own little private salute yeah. on New Year's <laughs> and stuff like that, too. So A little toast I'm and not even sure and... what's in your uh, cup there, either. I, you can see mine's clearly marked as... Pure life water. Yours is. Are we sure that that's what the, what's in there? <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not the white uh, alcohol drinker, though. I'll something with a little color. Mine's but a anyway, dark, dark roast coffee. Dark roast. Oh man. Already. This is a. This is a. This is the second pot on today. All right. Okay. All right. Well, there's a lot of coffee going on down there in Orlando right now. Get ready for the game again. So. It's hard to believe it's the bowl game. It's New Year's it's here. I, we were just talking before we started. No buzz in this game. You know, I'm no. watching ESPN, all the different things. You know, everybody's talking about the two games later today, rightly so. There, there really is a great slate of games, though, today, starting there at is. noon. Um, and, and Notre Dame being one of those two. I don't know why it's it's getting missed out uh, as far as publicity. Um, but obviously, it's going to be overshadowed by the two playoff games. Uh, a lot of talk around those, of, of course, and certainly so. And the Scott Frost. His last game, right? Play. Yeah, I mean, I think you know a lot of people want to see if U- U- UCF is for real. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's kind of the the natural thread in that game too is is whether or not you know the the buzz around their program is real or not, and then certainly Frost leaving for Nebraska too. So we'll see. Uh, we got a great lineup, and uh, you know, for Notre Dame, it's going to be potentially getting to to ten wins, um, and I think that you know that would be important uh, moving into twenty eighteen. Is it a must win game? I don't know if it necessarily is a must win game. I think. Um, you know, aside from looking at the final record, it just would do some great things as far as moving into this postseason, into this offseason here, um, you know, with with some good vibes. Right. <laughs> well, and I, I'm going to be real interested in all of our guests today down in Orlando hear what their take is because a lot of the fans, 
it's a must-win game, right? Yeah. The, the the fickle Notre Dame well, fans. I mean, wanna, you don't want to you don't want to lose. No, no. <laughs> I mean, but everybody's got big sure. expectations. They want to see Brandon's got to pass for seventy-five percent today. Doesn't you know the running game's got? Oh, I, there are people talking at, all over the all place. these check marks. All these oh, boxes got to be checked. That's a high load. A rock to carry up the hill today, but anyway, just win, baby. This win, baby. <laughs> Let's go with our first guest because he's been he's been waiting for us and everything. So we've got and former, I'm excited about having former Notre Dame captain, NFL linebacker, member of the ESPN Radio Citrus Bowl broadcast team, Rocky Boyman. Rocky, how are you, fellas? Good morning. How are you? How, how set the scene down there for us? <laughs> I tell you what, it's actually right now. I'm sitting outside here. It's about 55 degrees, but uh, look, I'm from Cincinnati. You guys are in South Bend, so who's complaining, right? I mean, <laughs> you got you it. Kind of tell the people that are you can tell the people that are here from out of town, from colder climates like myself, because you know yesterday we're walking around in shorts and t-shirts and, and everything like that, and people down south, you know, they still have the jackets on and everything. But uh, it's a it's a beautiful thing being down here this time of year. We were just talking about the expectations for this game and finishing out um, this this 2017 season. You know, following the four and eight year, you know, certainly um, you know some things moving in the right direction. What are your What are your expectations for for today's game, and what's kind of the general feel um, from the Notre Dame fan base as far as what they're expecting as well? Yeah, I think with both fan bases, uh, both fan bases, both both teams are, are eager for a win. You always want to finish the season off with a win because it. It just propels you, springboards you into the next season. I can give you an example. My freshman year at Notre Dame, we lose the Gator Bowl, and then what's that? That springboards us into a five and seven season. You know, you just kind of, you know, you want to win that game because everything. You kind of start fresh. You got a good feeling. Everything seems to be positive. So, I think especially with, you know, the good things and the bad things that both these teams did, uh, both are going to be hungry to, to get that final win and then wrap up some recruiting here and move on into the next season. Tim Ground, Evan Sharpley from the WSVT Studios talking football with former Irish and NFL linebacker Rocky Bowman, who's in Orlando for today's game. Rocky, I think I read, is this the first time that you've uh, actually covered for ESPN Notre Dame game? It actually is. I've been with ESPN, I want to say this is like my, I don't know, fifth year or so. Uh, it never got close to sniffing doing a Notre Dame game, so... I, I was uh, overjoyed when I when I saw it on the sheet when they released the bowl assignments to, to be a part of this and just uh, you know looking forward to being down there on the field and, and seeing some old faces and seeing Audrey Denson and you know some of those guys that I obviously I played with but then you know just uh, you know as a proud alumni to be able to you know look at it on the field there and and be involved uh, at least uh, to some degree in the game here is really really special. So you don't have a problem calling them the way you see them. I, I, I followed your career, and then I've read some articles and stuff. So you're honest. So something's going not going the right way. Um, you're going to point it out today too. I take it you're, with your freshness. Yeah, that you, you, give. you have to. Yeah, yeah, you have to because uh, I think the number one thing a, a listener or a viewer wants is honesty. You know, you know, you no one wants to be bullcrapped all day, right? No matter if it's the home team or not. So you know, you point out the good things, and you, you know, also you point out the bad things and things that need to be adjusted a bit or need to be addressed but uh, and i think that's uh, you kind of owe that to no matter what game it is so in that sense it's not going to be any different i'm, I'm not going to be uh you know uh, I, I can't be a, a homer for notre dame but i'm certainly not going to throw them under the bus either i'm looking forward to a great contest there's so many great players here especially for notre dame and, and i'm really excited to get out here in a few hours here and be a part of it well rocky let's hear it then you've you've seen the team this year in 2017 what's been the good what's been the bad and what do they need to fix here moving into 2018 to have a really good season? 
There, there's been a bunch of good guys. I think number one, from my perspective, I, I look at the defense. I think the defense simplified under Elko. From uh, and I like Brian Van Gorder a lot. And I actually I talked to him a few days ago because he was with Oklahoma State when we did that game. But but I thought his defense was maybe a little complex. Uh, you know, lots of zone blitzes and moving parts and things like that. And, and my philosophy, just having played the game my whole life, is if you got four and five star guys, especially young four- and five-star guys. Don't make it complicated. Let them go out there and let their natural ability take over. I always hated as a player when the coach would try to out-scheme the other team. Look, just put me in a position where I can make a play and I can make the team, you know, help the team out here. And I think Elko's really done that. You look at Coney, you look at Tranquil. I think those guys, and Morgan especially, I think he's really benefited from this, this simpler scheme out there. So I think that's that's a huge positive from my perspective. And then also the, the running game, uh, you know, just getting, you know, there's nothing more in this day and age of chucking around the park and basketball on grass. And I like seeing it as an offensive line, firing off the ball, moving bodies off the ball and, and big 225, 230 pound running backs running downhill. I, I think those two things, at least to me, stand out as tremendous positives this year. Rocky, Notre Dame loses two big offensive linemen in Quentin Nelson and Mike McGlinchey. Uh, a couple of guys, one being Josh Adams, could be his last game uh, today for Notre Dame. In, in, in that light, and a couple of guys on defense, too, what do you think are going to be the biggest holes to fill in 2018? Well, I think just in general, I think that the safety position is something that needs to be addressed. Any Notre Dame fan will tell you that's been you know a place where there's been some some question marks and things like that. So moving forward there, but then look, you know, yeah, when you have a veteran offensive line, it's fantastic until the end of the season comes up that you got to replace those guys. So I, I don't, I wish I could tell you, you know, what freshmen out there are, are looking really good in, in bowl practices and things like that, but. Uh, um, I, I just think that's going to be important. I, just in today's football, with with how small you know defenses are getting smaller because they want to you know they got to play out in space with all these spread offenses. I, I think if you, anytime you can have a, a dominant offensive line and a dominant run game, you're in the driver's seat. If with less physicality going on in today's game, I, I think uh, you know that's really really important. And uh, so hopefully they'll be able to address that. And I think they will. Look this. This team is stocked with, you know, again, lots of four- and five-star guys, lots of good coaches, so I think they'll be able to make it happen. If there's one big looming question, um, either on the offensive side or the defensive side, um, what do you see that being, and how does Brian Kelly make sure he gets that resolved in the spring and then into the fall? Well, there's no question it's Brandon Wimbush. It's the quarterback position for and he did so much good. I loved his ability to run. I loved his ability to, to make plays, third downs, things like that. But in today's college football, especially with this Brian Kelly style of offense, you cannot have a quarterback completing 49% of his passes. It's impossible. It can't happen. And when there's so many times this year, you look out there and there's an open guy and he's seven yards away, he's right there, just hitting with the pass. And for whatever reason, maybe it's just a, a continuity kind of thing, and maybe he's got to get more reps. Some of those passes didn't seem to get there. I mean, you know, you look at the great program. Baker Mayfield is completing 71% of his passes. It's that is the, the number one thing in these spread style of offenses that are designed to get the ball to the playmakers. You got to complete the passes. So, look, I just hope here in the offseason, maybe this will be a you know kind of a transitional game for that and Brandon Wimbush. But in the offseason, I, I personally want to hear stories about. How much work he's getting in with the wide receivers in the offseason. How many balls they're catching a day. I, I think it's a repetition thing. It's just getting out there and just throwing pass, 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 pass all the time. Hitches, 
curls, slants, everything, just the more times you do it, I think for Brandon Wimbush, that, that'll just add to, I mean, the, the impeccable skills he already has. I think he irons that out and they, they address that. Uh, I think it'll be a really good season next year as well. You're listening to WSPT's Game Day Show as we get you ready for today's Citrus Bowl game by visiting with a member of the Citrus Bowl's ESPN radio team, Rocky Bowman. Rocky, uh, four-year-old son, and you played football. Let me ask you about a couple of uh, topics out there. What do you feel about the concussion things that's been going on in the in the future of football, and would you let your son play football? I, I think personally there's been a demonization of the game of football and you know and we live in a sensationalist uh, style of media these days with social media and everything seems to be exacerbated and I think especially the game of football has been under assault but the fact of the matter is guys the game of football has never been safer and, and I'm talking from a you know a youth level a high school level college level and pro level every level because th- there's been some focus on it which has been good there's been a lots of rule changes coaches are more educated to not get out there and just start beating the crap out of guys and then taking care of their bodies the equipment has gotten better so i I think as much as we see the horrors of it uh, you know the game of football overall is is safer now it's a game where there's violence and there's going to be things and you can only do so much to legislate violence no matter what it is if it's football if it's a firefighter running into a burning building whatever it is only so much you can do and still keep the game what it is so continue to you know make it safe continue to you know do things to protect the players but then after that it, it is what it is and i just personally think the the game of football has so many more positives than it gets credit for you know a kid like myself that can you know who's the first kid in his family to go to college right and i wouldn't have had that opportunity if it had not been for football i mean i may have gone to a local college or something like that but to go to notre dame i mean look that changed it changed my life, you know what I mean? So, and there's so many kids that get that opportunity because of the game of football. So uh, as much as uh, people want to point out the negatives, I, I continue to be an ambassador to point out the positives. It's a great game. What about playing uh, these players that uh, don't want to play in bowl games and stuff? What's your take on that? <laughs> that's, that's a tough one. It, it really is because, you know, the uh, from a personal standpoint, I, I'm a – Look, you, you complete the journey. You, you, whatever you sign up for, you, you complete it. You know, I was taught that way. If you start something, you finish it. But it's it's. I, I guess what I what I what makes me kind of switch my mindset a little bit is I think if I had a, a son, right, and he was 21 years old, or I do have a son. When he gets to be 21 years old and is in that position, uh, you know, do, would I, you know, for a, a game that's. Um, you know, where there's different levels of, um, I just say, excitement from players and programs, depending on the bowl it is. So I, I would think about that hard. But, um, you know, it's, I think it's just one of those things for each individual person. you got to figure out what's best for you and, and move forward from there. Hey, Rocky, uh, thanks so much for taking some time today. Before we let you go, break down today's game and how you see it shaking out for Notre Dame. Yeah, I think, number one, if you're a Notre Dame fan you're listening to this game, the number one thing Notre Dame's defense has to do, you've got to stop the jet sweep. And you watch LSU's offense, lots of <clears throat> movement, lots of moving parts, right? Shifts, motions, things like lots of misdirection. And if you don't handle the jet sweep, which that's going to fall on that safety, on those safeties back there who have been a little bit inconsistent, you got to be able to stop that. you got to stop <clears throat> number seven, uh, DJ Chark, uh, their best wide receiver. And I think you shut down those two things. I really think this this Notre Dame team, especially with an offense and a running back and Josh Adams, who's 
looks to have that spring back in his step that he kind of lost there toward the end of the season with the injury. I think those things get taken care of, and Notre Dame can have a great day. Rocky, we really appreciate you talking with Evan and I. And I've got so many more questions. I uh, hope you don't mind, but next season we're going to call you during the season and get your thoughts about playing at Notre Dame and a few other things. But we want you to have a good call in the game today and a happy new year with your family. Guys, thanks so much. Anytime, uh, happy to join you, and uh, we'll talk here sooner. All right, go Irish. Go Irish. That's Rocky Bowman, the middle linebacker for Notre Dame and the Colts, and you're on your home for Notre Dame football, 96.1 FM WSBT. This is Game Day with Evan Sharpley. We'll be right back with former Notre Dame and Colts player and chief orthopedic physician for the team, Brian Radigan. This is two-time Notre Dame All-American Alan Pinkett. Now back to Game Day AM on WSBT. Go Irish! It is also brought to you by Budweiser United Beverage, Carmel's at McCree's, Creative Colors International, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Hearth and Home. Happy New Year again to everybody out there. You really, you just, it's that workout mentality that you have. You just look like you're always ready to go on the field or lift some weights and... Well, you're much younger than I am, too, so I guess. <laughs> I used to look like that, too, maybe, too. But anyway... That was a good, that was a good interview. It's it was, great to have Rocky. Yeah, I know was, we, I know we had what? a lot more to talk about, too. We do, and we got to get him back. You know, we've been really lucky this year. We've had a lot of new guests on. Yeah. You know what? We get a lot of our regulars, and we have fun with. We have certain Ross Brown, a lot of different people. Luther Bob Bradley's Gold, another one, too. Luther yeah, Bradley, Bob. Bob Gold, that we love to have. But I just like getting these new yeah. players on. And we didn't even get to the fact that I just had read Rocky has called the last four Super Bowls for the BBC yeah. Network. I, I got to know how, yeah. how, how, how that, that got out. set up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, anyway. He's, he's, but, you know, and a couple, of, you know, to his points, you know, he's he's going to be, you know, working as an analyst today. He talked about uh, Brandon Winbush, and that's one sure. big question, um, and brought up, you know, that Baker Mayfield's completing around 70% of his passes. And I just thought, you know, it's interesting. Um, and Eric brought this up in one of the sports beat, um, weekday sports beat this past week, uh, that Brandon has, uh, Brandon Winbush has faced, I believe, over five defenses in the top 50, total defense. Right. And Mayfield has faced one or two total. Um, which just kind of goes to show you that the type of schedule, you know, that, that you're playing, certainly, certainly um, there's a case made for that too. But I, 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 mean, I think I'm not trying to downplay the success that the Heisman Trophy winner had. Sure. But yeah, they don't know, play defense in the Big 12. It is a little <laughs> bit different too. So, um, you know, you know, certainly that is one big question that's going to have to be answered during and, this during And this today, are not, are not LSU the, the top LSU's number a, seven yeah, for passing? LSU's a great defense. Yeah, yeah, pass defense. Um, so, you know, it's an opportunity for... <clears throat> Um, this this Irish offense to to really put a stamp on this season, and you know maybe <clears throat> it's not as a player you don't listen to the outside noise, but you certainly can feel it. You know a- after how this season went, where there was a lot of success on the ground, there was inconsistency through the air. This is another opportunity, and maybe silence some of the own you know critic critics that you have in your own own mind or the right. guy that's sitting on your shoulder. Sure. Um, but yeah, great defense again yeah. today. Hey, we were talking about good friends. I think we we made a good friend. I know you knew Dr. Radigan before I did, but we met him at the uh, Shamrock Series game down right. in Indianapolis. We that's had him right. up in the booth, our yeah. only away game show. <laughs> and he's become a really good uh, friend of the show and stuff. And I just really enjoy talking to him. So from Orlando, and I think he's at the team hotel, but we'll find that out. Dr. Brian Radigan. Good morning, Brian. Happy New Year. Good morning, Tim and Evan. Happy New Year, both of you. Hey, uh, how, yeah, how's how's your tan, Brian? You, you you got a tan down there or what? 
Oh, you know me. I always have a tan. <laughs> I was as pale as pale as can be. Now, it wasn't uh, It wasn't too warm down here this week. It was good for us because I know it's been terrible up there. You guys got two degrees up there. I think it's. I think it's minus. And the wind chill has been hovering around like minus 10 or minus 15 to start each morning. I think I passed two cars in my 10-mile drive to work today. Today, I might have passed. That was passed by you. We were waving each yeah, other. Granted, it's the day after. I mean, it's New Year's Day, so yeah. I don't think too many people are going to be hanging out around. But, yeah, it's 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 pretty cool. Oh, did you Brian, celebrate last night, Brian? We did. We did. We, well, all the kids were here. They had a good time. I got a bunch of little ones, so they make some noise. Get to midnight, and then everyone kind of hits a wall and crashes. <laughs> well, Brian, talk, talk to us about, about this week of preparation. What's it been like for the guys? Um, I know it's always with the bowl game. It's a balance of, of focusing on work and then also enjoying and having some fun, too. But what's it been like? It's, it's actually been a great week for these guys. A lot, a lot more fun than some of the bowls in the past, and, and not too much fun. They had a lot of activities for these guys, going to Universal, Disney, a lot of things set up so they could actually just get out and relax. And we talked to the guys you know, standing around the pool during the day with the kids. They they were all pretty relaxed. They, I think they were able to get their legs back a little bit over Christmas, hopefully. And uh, yeah, maybe it'll show up on the field. I think they just actually enjoyed the week. They still they work pretty hard, I won't lie to you. Practice uh, that first day, they beat the hell out of each other. So it's kind of good to get the cobwebs dusted off there after the Christmas break. I think Bayless wanted to make sure they knew what they were here for. Were you at the, uh, I just saw they were zip lining, and I want to know those 300-some pound <laughs> linemen on a zip, zip line, was everybody cringing, or did they not let a certain weight go on the zip line? Well, I'll tell you, I wasn't underneath of them. That's <laughs> they were letting them all go. I don't know what those things are made of, but they're pretty solid. Yeah, they all did it. I mean, yeah, McGlinchey, all the clowns are up there. Q, that's, uh, that's impressive. It's impressive. They're big boys. Well, this is w- WSBT's game day show on your home for Fighting Irish football, including today's Citrus Bowl game at 1 p.m. And we're speaking uh, from Orlando as Notre Dame football team chief orthopedic physician, Brian Radigan. Brian, uh, a, a month off or close to a month off. Um, what's the overall health of this team? I know you mentioned, you know, getting the legs back underneath. And, and certainly there were some practices leading up to that Christmas break. And then once they're on site. But but what's uh, what's kind of the, the grade right now or report card for this team as far as the health is concerned? You know, we're actually pretty thin, believe it or not. We uh, lost a, a receiver and a tight end during bowl practice. They both had a shoulder injury. You guys probably saw that with Chase and Brock. Both those guys had to have shoulder surgery uh, just a little over a week ago. So when you go to bowl practice, now we have three tight ends left. Now that Alizé is not here, that's a little odd. I want to practice and just seeing the three. You go three tight ends, there's nobody left. So a little thin there, a little thin at receiver. Uh, you know your reasons for that as well. So uh, one guy being sent home. So there's just uh, a little bit going on, and then running back we're sent, having to send a guy home. So watching practices this week has been you're just kind of on edge a little bit. Hopefully everybody stays healthy for the game and we'll be fine. Otherwise, you know, the coaches, they always have something in mind. If something happens, and they're ready to call a different different play. Defensively, I think we're doing okay. Though. we got most of our guys there. We look, seem to be doing what we need to do, healthy. Specifically to that offensive side, kind of taking off your um, orthopedic surgeon hat and looking at it as a former player, you know, what what does that do to the game plan? How does that shift things a little bit? And, and what does Chip Long have to do to make sure that they're successful today? Well, that, now you're now you're testing me. <laughs> I, you know, this is this is when I'd love to make the calls, right? <laughs> we all want to do that Monday morning quarterbacking. Uh, you know, they're they're doing the same thing. You watch practice; it looks like they're doing a lot of the same. But I think they just have to be ready. 
Right? I mean, you got you lose a tight end, you can't go three tight ends anymore. I mean, Brock used to be a fullback in our I formation, short yardage. We don't have that anymore, so you got to bring a lineman in for that, or you got to, or just don't run it. So it's it's been interesting to watch how they do it. I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's going to be similar to what they've been doing. You know, and you get all the the jib jab down here, which has been fun. Uh, Equinemius just was actually complimenting their DBs, saying how good they are, good a, good a school they are, and how good they are. And, you know, of course, they only pull out a certain part of what he quoted, <laughs> which was great, and says they think they're DBU, and then that starts a little battle between the two. So it's it's comical. You got to be careful what you say because they're only going to say what they want, and they got him. So their DBs are, are fighting back, which adds some fun to it for sure. Tim and Evan on WSBT's game day show with former Irish and Colts player Brian Radigan. So I'm going to shift to the pros real quick. Any thoughts on uh, Colts' uh, coaching search, who you'd like to see or anything? Uh, was that painful oh, as a former player watching this last year or because everybody knew Andrew Luck was out and that's a majority of the team? Some people thought it was understandable. Yeah, I, Evan will tell you, too, as a quarterback, uh, if you don't have a quarterback in the NFL, you're not going to win. And that's that's what that, that league is based around. That there's a reason they're so valuable in that league. So when he's out, I mean, all the other guys are are going to be there. But it's it's critical. I wasn't expecting much this year at all. Really, you just, you just can't do it. I mean, Luck's a good quarterback, but to have a guy come in is no. You know, I don't mean any disrespect to the other quarterbacks in the league. They're in the pros, right? They're good guys. But to be one of the top ten, top fifteen quarterbacks in the NFL, you really that's. Those are the teams who have a chance. Look what happened with the Eagles. And Carson Wentz goes down, and they're uh, they're struggling, struggling without him. So I, not no surprise for the Colts at all. So medically, his shoulder thing is that something? I guess from what you read, I know you're not his physician, but is that something? Uh, I'd you've love seen? to know what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to know what's actually going on. I, yeah, I read that, and it's a little bit vague, and I'm sure it's purposeful. But I would truly love to exactly know what's going on. And when I head down to the combines in February, I'll probably get the, the true answer of what's going on down there. But right now, I'm not going to make the phone call and say, "Hey, tell me." Sure. But I'll wait. I'll wait till I get down there, and then all the docs talk and. I may, may or may not be able to tell you then, but it's, it's usually not anything what you're reading. So who's that's new, with Brian Kelly and everybody. So who's the new Colts um, coach going to be when you make it to the combine? I have no idea. No <laughs> idea. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't even predict. Do you have any ideas? What's your guess? I don't know. Evan, Evan's a predictor here. Whatever. We were just talking earlier about the same thing comes out all the time. Of course, they got Jim Harbaugh. The Bears won him and the Colts right. won him. You know, the same old thing. And Evan was saying, well, how soon is Brian Kelly's name after this game? Is it one minute after the, after the they finish the game that his name is thrown in the ring at all these different openings? Because there's going to be a lot of pro openings. Yeah, I, I'd probably say Harbaugh's the one you hear the most of. And you never know. It's just because seems like he's good for about three or four years before he moves on, right? right? Yes. I, don't, I don't know if that's just because his personality is too volatile or if that's just kind of change the program and then move on and change another program. Uh, I know when he was with the Niners, we had guys saying that in the organization out there that I knew, I'd say, you know, we weren't really fans of Harbaugh 350 days of the year, but on game day, he was okay. So, <laughs> so, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, it's, and I played with Jim, so I, I can tell him yeah, he's he's real intense on game day and practices. I mean, he just he brought a different mentality. But uh, for me, it was refreshing to play with him because I came off of Jeff George, who had all the talent in the world, but you know the effort wasn't the same as Jim Harbaugh. So it was just a little difference. You know, we we needed a little kick in the butt. Um, you know, Jeff was very very talented. 
but Harbaugh came in with a little bit of, you know, as he showed up at all the workouts and kind of what the Colts needed at the time. And he was comeback player of the year that year in 95. So for me, I had a good feeling toward Harbaugh. Uh, you know, we didn't hang out together. We didn't head to the bars together, but um, I think now he's just got his thing. I don't know. He could go to the Colts. I just, I just don't know how, how long they're going to tolerate that, right? Is he going to keep changing the Michigan? People are going to lose their mind if he, if he leaves. They wear khaki pants back in those days, too? <laughs> he did. He, he did. He was plain Jane back then. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, the, he wasn't the best dressed award, for sure. Dog doesn't change his spots. <laughs> no, absolutely. It'll, it'll certainly, this, this coaching carousel will certainly be interesting here this offseason. Well, let's, let's quickly shift back before we let you go. Just give us your thoughts on today's game, this matchup against LSU, a really good defense. What's Notre Dame have to do to win? Yeah, I think we got to run. We have to be able to run the ball. They're real, they're really good. I think we can. You know, Brandon, as you guys know, if he's on, he's on. Um, and if he's picking them, we can do it. The passes are are critical to open up some of the run as well. But we got some guys on the line. We should be able to run. And everybody seems to be healthy. Josh is looking good. We got the running backs back. We, if we can't run, we're going to be in trouble. That's just because I think we we can still pass the ball. You just never know what's going to happen there. Uh, we have a couple plays that are fun to watch. Hopefully they can throw them in there. There's always those things that people do at the bowl time. Anxious to see what LSU throws out there. Everybody has a month to prepare. You know, they're, they're going to show us something we haven't seen for the 12 game tapes, right? So it's always fun to be ready for something like that. Elko's he's just one of my favorite guys out here. He's just a solid, solid guy. He really, the players love him. He knows the game well, so I think he's looking forward to it as well, to go up against a, a pretty solid team. And yeah, it's just so much different if you can win this one. I mean, the attitude in the offseason is just so much different. When you win this game and you win 10 games, that's fine. But to win the bowl game, everybody moves forward. It's just a great offseason. So I'm really hoping we can just pull this one off for the rest of the guys. Well, Brian, Tim and I will be watching with much interest. We hope you enjoy your time down there and uh, the Irish get a victory today. I hear you. I hope so, too. Evan. Great talking to you both. Have a good time with Thanks. your family Thank down you. there. You're listening we'll do. We'll do. to the Game Day Show with Evan Sharpley and your home for Fighting Irish Football, 960 AM, 96.1 FM, WSBT. May I have your attention, please? This is Tim McCarthy for the Indiana State Police. You are listening to WSBT, your radio home for Notre Dame football. The Game Day Show is brought to you by Kurt Outdoor Living, LKQ, Pick Your Part, Zolman's Tire and Auto, and also by our game day producer, Tim Growl. To ensure everyone and everything is important, you give Tim a call at 232-9981. And thank you, Mr. Sharpley. How's Sharpley training going for the Great. holidays? We, we, uh... I got I've got the day off today and the day off tomorrow, which is nice. So mm-hmm. two uh, extended weekends back to back. So I'll be ready to go come Wednesday. Yeah, like I said, you're you're always ready to go. And another guy that's ready to go is the Hall of Fame voice of our Fighting Irish football team. He's down in Orlando right now. Happy New Year and good morning to Don Cricky. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year to you. It's rainy in Florida, not heavy rain, kind of a misting rain. We're going to have temperature in the fifties, kind of uh, unusual weather for Florida. What's Don, what's been the general feel this week and, and kind of expectations for this game, uh, especially on the Notre Dame side? Well, I think it's, you know, it's, there's so many unknowns. Uh, I think more on, on LSU's side because of their missing three starting linebackers, including the guy Arden Key, who some pro scouting services have ranked as the number one 
defensive player in college football. He's not here, and I think he's on every streets in school anymore. A little vague on what is up, but he's been hurt on and off all season. He won't play. He's a great player, Arden Key, and two other starters are out also. I think all the reports on Notre Dame, uh, you know, of course, we have the suspensions, which will diminish, particularly their receiving core with Claypool out, Stefferson out. But uh, their defense is sound. It's solid. And I think uh, Brian Kelly and his staff are very, very happy with the way the practices have been going. I've always felt, you know, that uh, the uh, bowl game five weeks after your last regular season game is really like the first game of a new season as opposed to the last game of the past season. Uh, we, we just talked with Brian Radigan, and he talked a little bit about the health of the team. And, and you mentioned uh, the wide receiver unit being a little bit thin. He also talked about tight end, two tight ends out, uh, the running back position as well. What's Notre Dame going to have to do to adjust um, with with uh, the depth chart being a little bit slim there on the offensive side at a few positions, uh, especially the skill side of positions? Well, we'll see how they game plan. I mean, the pass game has to be picked up by some other players. Brian Kelly uh, talked about, you know, uh, some of the backs are pretty good receivers, although I haven't had a chance to show it very much, like particularly Tony Jones. But when he's talking about Tony Jones being a part of the receiving game, that probably means he won't throw to him once. They usually don't go public (laughs) with what they're going to do. But I think they're going to mix the ball up. I think they're very confident in the guys they've got. Uh, You know, Equinator St. Brown is is a future NFL starter, so their number one receiver is still there. I think Boykin might have to step up. I think, uh, my personal opinion, I think Chris Fink's going to be a very important part of this game as a slot receiver. This is WSBT's Game Day. We're talking with Hall of Fame voice of the Fighting Irish, who will be calling today's game at 1 p.m., Don Crickey. Don, has there been any chalkboard material between the two teams? I haven't. It seems like it's been pretty civil this year. I know they just played, I think you, you were at the game four years ago. You called that game, so they've got some history. But anything been going on back and forth that we haven't heard about maybe up here? Uh, I would say none. Nothing that I've seen the chalkboard. Everybody's very, you know, praising the other team. I know the coach of LSU, Ed Orgeron, said it's uh, maybe the best offensive line that he's played against in a long time. And he said, without question, the left side of Notre Dame's line with the two potential first rounders in McGlinchey and Nelson is the best one-two combination on one side of the line he's ever played against. So that was a nice compliment, but, you know, there's been certainly, and uh, Brian Kelly is very, very complimentary about LSU, and he should be. I mean, they've got players. There's no question about that. You can talk about Alabama and uh, all these different schools and professional players. They have more in the NFL than any other school, LSU, 51. Don, let's let's assume that Notre Dame wins this football game today. They move into the offseason, um, really starting and kicking off this 2018 season. In your mind, what's going to be the number one question that Brian Kelly is going to have to answer uh, for a big fall uh, come 2018? Well, you know, they want to establish the uh, quarterback position. I can tell you who will beat out Brandon Wilbush as the starter next year. Nobody, not anybody. Brandon Wilbush is a phenomenal talent. He's only going to get better. As Kelly said, we're scratching the surface with him. You know, without him last year, he didn't start any games. Didn't play in any, really. Uh, they were 4-8, and eight, right? Well, with him, they could have a 10-win season this year, including a five-touchdown win over Southern California. You'll see that happen again maybe 50 years from now. 
been it's been you pretty know, it's incredible. Because of him primarily. Been pretty incredible what he's done uh, on the ground. Certainly, the big question mark will be more consistency through the air. Uh, I agree with you. I think that he's going to be the guy moving forward. I know there's a number of players, uh, a couple of guys uh, on the offensive line, <clears throat> McGlinchey and Nelson, that'll be gone to the NFL. A couple of guys uh, who could go, Josh Adams being one of them. Uh, in terms of those guys that are going to be either graduating or going to the NFL, where do you see, uh, as far as positions of need, where will be the biggest holes to fill for Notre Dame? Well, I think obviously, Evan, you have to look at the left side of the offensive line. I'm told that Robert Haynes will go to left tackle, not stay at right tackle, and that Tommy Crane will stay at right tackle. Uh, that was a couple of weeks ago, but they, they think Hainsey has got the feet to protect on the left side. And uh, so they gotta, they got to get new starters there. I think they feel pretty good about their offensive line. And, you know, you don't know until a new season comes, but if uh, Josh Adams would be a tremendous loss if he does go pro this year. And you can't blame him if he does, but this guy's unbelievably productive. Got worn down late in the season because, you know, you take a lot of pounding when you're playing against the schedule or aim plays and you're the targeted running back. So if he goes, that's a big, big hole to fill. Who's going to be the go-to running back? Some guys behind him that, uh, you know, are, are good, but dude, this guy is, it looks like an NFL starter to me. Don, you mentioned getting worn down at the end of the year, and Brian Kelly even admitted mentally and physically, um, you know, guys had lost, I think, a little bit of the juice late in the season. And looking at Notre Dame's schedule in 2018, where they only play two true home games in the last two months, what are your thoughts on that schedule change uh, for the Irish? It's really unusual, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, they come out of a gate, it's like uh, this month of September, they have four home games. Only road game they play in September, and they play five games in September. Is uh, I think it's on the 22nd of September they play at Wake Forest. But they'll be home for the first three, as you know, Michigan, Ball State, and Vanderbilt, then to Wake Forest. Then home on the 29th to play Stanford. So then, as you point out, late in the season, it's got to be a road team, you know. The road gets tougher, it's lonelier and rougher, as the song goes, and they've got to live up to it. Uh, I think one of the tough things they have to do is, you know, play at Yankee Stadium. They're taking a home game and moving to Yankee Stadium. And then the next week, uh, 3,000 miles later, they'll be playing their maybe their biggest game of the season at Southern California. So that, that uh, it takes a lot of doing. But Notre Dame and scheduling, you know, they want this team and, and the alumni want this team to be seen all over the country. And so they play, they travel more miles than any team in college football. I mean, a lot of teams don't leave their time zone. A lot of them don't like to get on a plane. Big Ten and, you know, Southeastern Conference, mostly bus rides are a lot of them a lot of their games, but uh, Notre Dame, they go everywhere every year, and it does wear you down some, but that's part of the way Notre Dame plays football. They, they want to be exposed all over the country. Yeah, starting starting in October, it'll be at Virginia <clears throat> Tech. Uh, they go play Navy in San Diego. They've got Northwestern um, in Evanston, uh, then back home to Florida State, then, like you said, Yankee Stadium, and then out to, uh, to USC. And traditionally, too, we've heard playing at Yankee Stadium is one of the worst field conditions to play. We've heard multiple players talk about this. Uh, so late in the year, they're going to be playing. It's going to be cold as well. So it'll be interesting to see how or if they're able to, to really focus and, and finish the season strong. Well, I think they like the fact that Brian Kelly uh, likes the fact that it will be cold, won't be great field conditions because Syracuse is a team that throws the ball all over the field, and they do it in a dome when they're home. So at Yankee Stadium, you're not in a dome. You're on a different kind of field. They're not used to it either. It is a bus ride from Syracuse to Yankee Stadium, not a short one. But uh, I, I think uh, I think the weather plays into it, and I think it plays in Notre Dame's hands. 
Tim Growl and Evan Sharpley from the WSBT studios getting an update from Orlando with uh, Don Cricky. Let me get in the scheduling uh, conversation between you two. Brian Kelly was just quoted the other day that Notre Dame needs to so-called lighten up the schedule so they have a more more wins so they're better able to compete in people's eyes for the BCS championship. What, what What's your feel on that? Well, I, I think there's a lot to that. You know, uh, no matter who you play, at the end they say, what was the record? Well, you were 9-3, you were 10-2. and two. Uh, They don't go back and if you're Alabama and say, well, like, one of your wins was against Mercer. What's that? And, uh, you know, they, it's, a, it's a win. So, but Notre Dame and Jack Swarbrick knows a lot about the workings of uh, getting to the college football playoff. And the number one determinant is the quality of schedule. And Notre Dame lives up to that like maybe no one else. They play on the road. They play good teams all the time. And uh, But you're right. I mean, you can schedule easy games and get them more wins piled up. But I think when it comes down to really the assessment <clears throat> of the final, the end of the year to see the final four teams, uh, who you played and where you played them has a lot to do with it. And Notre Dame stands tall in that area. We were asking our last two guests the, how soon will the speculation start after the uh, final game today of Brian Kelly's name being put in for one of these all these pro openings that are coming up. I don't think about that. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's planning to leave, though. I don't uh, think so either. It's just funny how everybody wants everybody right away. As soon as there's an opening, Brian Kelly the, gets mentioned for that. Everybody's talking about Harbaugh. Says the Bears won Harbaugh. Colts won Harbaugh. Do you see anything like that happening where he'd be leaving college uh, football to go back to pros? Uh, I don't think uh, Brian Kelly's leaving Notre Dame, number one. I have no idea what Harbaugh's going to do. He's usually a five-year guy, and then he leaves. There you go. Uh, I don't think what's happened so far is not what he had hoped for at Michigan. I mean, they're a four-loss team this year when they were, you know, at the beginning, they were in the top five, I think, at one point. But, you know, he's a very good coach. He knows pro football. He's coached pro football. He coached a team into the Super Bowl where he got beat by his brother. Uh, John and the Ravens, but uh, so I, I have no idea what Harbaugh is going to do. I don't know if Harbaugh does really, uh, but I, I would tend to think with the co- contract he's got and the contracts that his assistant coaches have, uh, and the, you know the good recruiting the Wolverines have done. I, I don't think he's leaving, but that's just my guess as a fan looking from a distance. I have no idea. I would say with almost absolute certainty, Brian Kelly's not leaving. What an opener of next year, huh? Between Michigan and Notre Dame. Wow. That is really a big opener. September 1, another night game. You know, it'll be a night game for sure. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be, the, that'll be the attraction of the opening weekend of the season. There's no question about that. And they'll be game planning all off season to play each other. Hey, Don, thanks so much. Have a great call today, uh, and hopefully we see an Irish victory. Well, I think they're going to play well. I really do. I think they're healthy. I think they can run the ball. I mean, having three starting linebackers, all NFL quality, out for LSU, and there's going to be some freshmen in there. You're playing against uh, an offensive line that, you know, got the Joe Moore Award is the best. I think Notre Dame can run the ball today. We're looking for an Irish victory, and we really appreciate it. We hope you have a great 2018, and we hope to talk to you again September 1st. All right, guys, same to you. Happy New Year. Thank, Thank you, Don. You're listening to Game Day Show with Evan Sharpley on your home for Fighting Irish Football, 960 AM, 96.1 FM, WSBT. Welcome back to the Game Day Show. I'm your host, Evan Sharpley. You're listening to your home for Fighting Irish Football, 960 AM, 96.1 FM, WSBT. We're here to wrap up the first hour of the day here as we 
get closer to the kickoff between Notre Dame and LSU. 1 p.m. What are your thoughts, Tim? You got a victory today? Uh, man, you don't know. Why, that's the kind of question to ask on this show. What, what are you talking about? Yeah, I, I do. Well, say, you I think usually ask I think me my keys to the game. Yeah. What okay. are your three keys to ensure an Irish victory? Oh, today? okay. Real, real simple. I'm almost the same like yours. It's protect the football, establish the uh, running game, and I was going to ask both our or three of our guests about you know our special teams. They haven't made big errors like we've right. had in other years, but. They haven't really I'm done just, much no. either. It's not the old John Goodman days where they fair catch every right. punt, but it's it's kind of close. But I think everybody's like, wow, at least we didn't make a bunch of errors this year. We weren't having AKA last fumbles. Year. Yes, right. like last year. But man, I'm still waiting. But a bigger program like ours, we should be running a kickoff back or two yeah. here or there or getting a block or something like that. We're just not. So you that. so you're saying we need a there's gotta be a big play on special teams today. I'm saying there's gonna be a there is going to be a big All play right. on special teams today. Run the football. Run the football and Josh Adams as he go over hundred yards today. I don't think so, because I think they're going to have a balanced attack. I did see where they're going to try to go what we've been hoping all year, put two of them in the backfield at the same time. I think that's kind of dangerous because they're they're thin. Right. But they said they're going to do that, and then they're going to start with two in the backfield and then run Tony Jones out to one of the positions for uh, for receiving and stuff, too. But I special teams, and I think you're going to have one of these persons, one of these players that are kind of unknown, get their chance in these bowl games. Somebody said that. I think Rocky Chris said Bink. that. Somebody always comes into a yeah. bowl game and has this tremendous, you know, it's like a spring game. Guy runs for something, then he comes back in the yeah. fall and doesn't do much. But So what? give me, uh, what's your take? Um, yeah, you don't so, have to give me the keys, but just well, in general. No, th- that was a great job, Tim. That okay, awesome. all right. And thank you. That was, uh, that's been our bowl game today show. So. Um, you know, it's for me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to whether or not Notre Dame can pass the football. I, I think that they're going to be able to run um, to a certain extent. I don't know if it's going to be the same success they've had in the games where they've really controlled um, controlled the tempo. You know, this, I mean, this is a good defense. So let know? me stop you right there because okay. before I lose my thoughts. So do you think they're going to come out and be stubborn that they want to establish the pass and they're going to call no. three or four? Sp- okay. No, no. I, I, think, I think that they're going to try to really control the line of scrimmage with the run. Um, I think Brandon Winbush is going to be a big part of that run package, and then it's going to open some things up as far as play-action pass goes. We'll have a pretty good idea, and what we've seen so far this year is the games where, where Winbush has been streaky, you, you, you know early on whether he's on or he's off. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's been, uh, he's, he's been able to make adjustments in those games where he wasn't really having a lot of success and was, and then, and then ran the football. Um, but you hit the nail on the head as, as far as the turnover battle goes in the games where they struggled. And really, if you look at Stanford and you look at Miami, that was the, that was the name of the game. And that was the reason why it got out of hand the way it did. Um, if they're able to protect the football and then defensively, if they can create a couple turnovers too, you look at the games where Notre Dame was successful in blowing teams out. Mm Mm-hmm. Defense would force a turnover, and then what happened from there? Offense capitalizes. Right. And I think, you know, as much trouble as, you know, normally a quarterback, you want to get them short touches. <laughs> this is my look at it. I think they're going to try to hit Michael Young down and they are out that strong arm or whatever and build right. his confidence from the long pass and then go back the short pass. But I'm not a quarterback. That's just what I see. So. Now, I know I know there's question marks on LSU's side, and, and Don brought up that their linebackers are out. They kind of have some, you know, some off-field things swirling with the offensive coordinator might not even be calling plays today. The whole story for this game, as we talked it's, about not being on the radar, is the, just is the stories yeah, over both teams. has been a lot of weird. And then, you know, with, with, yeah, with, with Notre Dame's suspensions, um, with, uh, 
with with also also then with a couple of guys getting hurt, they're thin at some skill um, skill positions. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, what team. I think the question has been what team is going to show up, and that's on both sides. You know, is is the the talent that the LSU has every year, guys that go to the NFL, is that going to show up? And then, you know, for Notre Dame, is it going to be the team that that controls the line of scrimmage for four quarters, or is it going to be a team that's very inconsistent? All right, partner, your first score of 2018 or your last score of the 2017-18 season? I've got a close game, but I'm going to take the Tigers today, 31-27. 31-27. Which means you'll probably be blowing up my phone. Yeah, yeah especially <laughs> since you're being a good daddy now, not watching the game. So I'm the, you'll, you'll say, they did? They scored? What happened? <laughs> anyway, hey, I appreciate it. Another great year working together and stuff. And I can tell you how much fun it's always been every year and stuff, too. And look forward to next year. And we want to thank all of our guests. We've been really blessed with a lot of good guests this year that take time out of their busy days to uh, share some memories and some stories with you. And we want to thank all of you for listening. And I hope we added something to each of your Notre Dame football days. A big thank you each and every week to Matt Embry that's right here in our studio producer keeping us going. Here comes more Citrus Bowl coverage right after the news. It's Darren, Sean, and Eric with everything you need to know about today's matchup of the Tigers and your Fighting Irish on Budweiser's Game Day Sports Beat. Immediately following them, it's the official Notre Dame pregame show. Then it's the kickoff at just after 1 p.m. with Don Creaky and Alan Pinkett on the IMG Network. Enjoy the game and a great 2018. We hope to join you again in a mere nine months from now for the big Irish Wolverine game September 1st to start the season. All this on your home for Fighting Irish Football, WSBT 96.1. For Evan Sharpley, this is Tim Growl. Happy New Year and Go, Go Irish! Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 